Hi, welcome back to The Dirt Show. Today, we're going to talk about how everybody is being canceled. Even the cancelers. We're going to talk about Jeff Zucker, who was the head of CNN. He claims he resigned. Of course, he was fired for having an inappropriate affair with somebody who uh, worked um, under him. Uh, so there's Jeff Zucker. He canceled me. I'm suing him. But I'm not happy about his firing. We'll hear about that in a second. Then there's Whoopi Goldberg. I don't like what Whoopi Goldberg said. Um, she was just wrong. But should she be suspended? Now she's threatening to quit The View uh, because she was suspended. Then we're going to talk about Joe Rogan. He's uh, one of the most prominent uh, podcasters. And uh, he's on Spotify. And um, several people including Neil Young and Graham Nash, um, have threatened to take their music or are taking their music off Spotify unless they basically take Rogan down. Now, I have a connection to them because I represented um, uh, David Crosby. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. David Crosby, as far as I know, is not involved in this, but I got to know him. I won his case. Uh, it was a great victory. And, um, uh, but I don't think I've ever met uh, 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 Nash or, um, or Young. But let's talk about whether that's the right thing to do, to use your music as a way of getting somebody else's opinions off a podcast. Then we'll talk about Georgetown Luskell, which just suspended an administrator for sending out a tweet that essentially agrees with what I've been saying on the Dirt Show, that does the Constitution really support a president nominating to the Supreme Court uh, in a way that excludes all white um, um, males, uh, or does that violate the spirit of the Constitution? Finally, we'll talk about recent efforts to cancel me and the impact it has had on my ability to defend Israel against uh, false charges by Amnesty International that they're an apartheid state. So today is cancel day. One of the reasons I love Rumble, it doesn't cancel. Nobody gets canceled on Rumble. If you disagree with something on Rumble, you get to say it, and the person you disagree with gets to say the opposite. So uh, let's go down each of these uh, cancellations and, and, and see what we think about them. I'll also hopefully at this time, get to some of the letters that you've been writing me. Some of them are really interesting. Some of them are really, really dumb. Uh, I won't tell you which ones I think are dumb. I'll let you judge for yourself. Some are right, some are wrong, some are in between. But uh, I want to hear from you. And again, uh, I'll put the worst things uh, on the air. I won't, I, won't, I won't censor at all. Let's start with Jeffrey Zucker. Jeffrey Zucker is a bad man and was a bad owner of CNN. He destroyed a great net. Work. Uh, when I started watching on CNN, I was on it. I was a regular guest on CNN, never a paid contributor, but I was always a frequent guest. I was one of the go-to guys. You remember the Tubin-Dershowitz debates? Jeffrey Tubin was my student, and so they would put Jeffrey Tubin on with me, and I would take my view, he would take his view. Uh, he made predictions; they almost always turned out to be wrong. I made predictions; they almost always turned out to be right. Not because I'm smarter than he is, but because I don't let my ideology interfere with my predictions. I predict things I don't agree with. He always somehow manages 
to predict things that he wants them to come out. Wishful thinking is not a useful way of, of predicting. But CNN canceled me, and that was after I made my speech on the Senate floor um, uh, opposing the impeachment of President Trump on what I believe was unconstitutional grounds, and I was asked a question by Ted Cruz. Um, and he said, can a president be fired for engaging in a quid pro quo? And I said, of course not. A president can't be fired for engaging in a quid pro quo alone. All quid pro quos are, are common. Um, uh, just that day, um, uh, leaders of uh, some countries were saying, if you don't do X, we won't do Y. Quid pro quo is a, a very common in negotiation. But I said, if a president is involved in a quid pro quo, which is in any way unlawful or in any way illegal, he can be impeached. And what did CNN do? It doctored the tape. It omitted the words illegal and unlawful, and then had their commentators say, Dershowitz says that a president can't be impeached even if he did something illegal or unlawful. So I sued him. I sued him. It's defamation. And it was done maliciously. You know, CNN says it's making an honest mistake. But why do all of its honest mistakes always err on the side of their ideology, of progressive, left-wing, radical ideology? And why do they always err on the side of going against people they disagree with? So I think we'll be able to prove uh, malice. But in any event, full disclosure, I'm suing him. I don't like him. But I don't like the fact that he was uh, fired for having what appears to be a consensual, age-appropriate uh, affair, two divorced people, yeah, one was the boss, one was below the boss, but it, it didn't sound like that. Maybe they didn't tell the truth about it, and that's why Zucker claims to have fired uh, Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, but just because what he did was wrong doesn't mean that what they did to him was wrong. So I have my doubts and my questions about whether or not CNN should fire somebody uh, for a legitimate affair. Uh, look, I, I, I don't think that's the reason they fired him. I think that's an excuse. I think CNN has been bought um, by a company that probably wants to turn it around. It's losing its viewers. It got a lot of viewers during the Trump administration because they liked bashing Trump all the time, the way MSNBC does. But now they're losing viewers, and um, maybe they will someday go back to being an honest network, uh, which states the views honestly, in which uh, people like Wolf Blitzer are front and center. Blitzer is very honest and very honorable, but he's really no longer the face of CNN under Zucker. The face of CNN under Zucker has been the extremely opinionated, hard-left uh, uh, people whose views are always predictable. And, you know, people don't want to listen to television. That's entirely predictable. So bottom line on Jeff Zucker, should have been fired, should have been fired a long time ago, should have been fired for incompetence, should have been fired for political bias, should have been fired for participating directly or indirectly in the doctoring of tapes and the presenting of false material uh, on the air. But I don't think he should have been fired for not disclosing a consensual affair. But look. They're, they're a private company. They can do what they want to do. So, okay, that's my take on Jeff Zucker. Now my take on 
Whoopi Goldberg. I like Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, I've been a fan. I've been on The View on numerous occasions. She's attacked me. Um, um, uh, Megan McCain once tried to cancel me. Uh, she objected to The View having me, saying because he's been accused of sexual misconduct, not in any way proven, but accused, the accusation alone should result in his being canceled. She was wrong, and, and I don't agree with that, and um, uh, I think that uh, it was utter, utter bigotry and uh, intolerance for her to say that. And now she's gone after Whoopi Goldberg saying she has to be held to account. And that's what cancellation does. It holds you to account. Look, let's first talk about what The View should have done. Very simple what they should have done. They should have called me, or they should have called the head of the Anti-Defamation League, or they should have called some other, uh, Deborah Lipstadt, uh, somebody who's very knowledgeable on the Holocaust, and had them come on the show and answer her. Let it be an educational moment. Let it be an opportunity for the viewers who don't know very much, many of them, about the Holocaust, to learn the truth about the Holocaust. You don't learn the truth by censoring somebody who's made a mistake. She said, ignorantly and foolishly, that it wasn't racial because both groups were white. It was white Nazis killing white Jews. Therefore, it was essentially man's inhumanity to man. It wasn't racial. By the way, she could have cited the Anti-Defamation League's definition of racial. They've changed their definition now to only mean uh, opposition or bigotry against people of color, which means that under the Anti-Defamation League's definition of racism, what Hitler did killing six million Jews was not racist because Jews were not people of color. Some were, Sephardic Jews are people of color, but mostly he killed Ashkenazi Jews, European Jews. So uh, what she did was wrong. It was mistaken. Then she went on Colbert and compounded her mistake. Use it as an opportunity. Bring on somebody. Have her discuss it. Have her learn in front of people. That's what I always did as a teacher. When you would have Holocaust deniers come on campus, I would not join in efforts to censor them. I would say, Many of the students don't know about the Holocaust. Let's use the falsity of Holocaust denial to teach students the truth about the Holocaust. And I was always volunteering to help educate them. That's what education is about. That's what the media is supposed to be about. That's what the view is supposed to be about. So I think ABC made a blunder, a mistake, by uh, suspending um, uh, Whoopi Goldberg instead of using it as an opportunity to teach and, and educate. That's generally my approach. I want to educate, I want to teach, I want to debate, I want discourse. There's nothing that's not debatable. I remember once when I was asked to debate a Holocaust uh, denier on campus, a guy named Bradley Smith, I think it was, something like that. He, did a, he went on campuses all over the country denying the Holocaust. I said, I will be happy to debate whether the Holocaust occurred, but it has to be part of like a five-part debate. One, John F. Kennedy is alive and well and hiding in Hyannisport. Two, uh, astronauts didn't ever land on the moon. It was all just done by um, photoshopping. Three, Elvis Presley is hiding in a basement somewhere in um, uh, Tennessee. Uh, it, let it be part of a debate. The, the Earth is flat. Let it be part of a debate about absurd things, and I'd be happy to join in that debate and 
take the position uh, of truth uh, over over falsity. Once I have did that, nobody ever took me up on it, and the people who wanted to debate the Holocaust backed out because they didn't want it to be part of a debate about absurd, ridiculous, and often racist uh, things. And yes, the Holocaust was racist. It was the epitome of how race is misused to justify mass murder. And, and, and whoopee, if you ever want to call me and talk to me about it, I'm happy to give you some readings. I'm happy to show you where you can learn the errors of your way. But I'm on your side when it comes to staying on the view if that's where you want to stay. If you want to quit and do something else, of course, you have the right to do that. So let me turn now to uh, Joe Rogan. I don't like him. I don't, I don't like his, um, I don't know, I don't know him, so I can't say I don't like him. I probably would like him if I met him. So I, I, let me withdraw that. I, I don't know whether I like him or not. I don't like his views on vaccination. I've written a book called The Case Against, The Case for. I wrote a book called The Case for Vaccine Mandates uh, as a last resort, uh, only if it's a highly contagious, highly lethal disease, and the vaccines can prevent it. I'm not sure those conditions are currently met, particularly with Omicron. That issue is going to go before the courts. But in any event, I have my views. I'm generally pro-vaccination. I've been vaccinated. Um, I've gotten my booster. Uh, my Everybody I know has been vaccinated. I won't get into a taxi cab if the cab driver is not wearing a mask. So I'm entitled to my own views. He has a totally different views, and I disapprove of them. I disagree with them. And I wish he wouldn't express them in his podcast. But Let's have another podcast that disagrees with them. If I were a singer uh, or a musician, I don't think I would take my songs down. Uh, I guess it was Neil Young who said, look, you have a choice. It's either me or him, uh, which means he wants you to take down Joe Rogan. It's a hard, it's a complicated case. Uh, look, after the Holocaust, Richard Tucker, who was one of my favorite opera singers, great tenors, um, refused to record with any of the Nazi sympathizers. And there were two great conductors, von Karajan and Fertwangler, who both sympathized with the Nazis, maybe worse. And, um, and Richard Tucker refused to, uh, to play under their, sing under their baton. He had the right to do that. And when Vanessa Redgrave was hired to play with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, I defended the right of violin players and viola players to refuse to be on the same stage as Vanessa Redgrave, who was a virulent anti-Semite, um, as some other members of her family were. She was a vicious anti-Semite of the left, and some other people from her family were neo-Nazi, vicious anti-Semites on the right. Seems to me the one thing in common with the Redgrave family is they all hate Jews, but for different reasons. So. Um, I defended her right to perform with the BSO, but I also defended the right of musicians to refuse to perform with her and they could be filled in and other musicians could, could play. So I'm ambivalent about Joe Rogan. I'd be interested in your, in your point of view. A, I don't like his views on vaccination. B, I don't like him being canceled. But C, I understand why a musician would not want to be identified with him. Where I disagree with the musicians is, I think if you're on Spotify as a musician, you're not identified with Joe Rogan. Uh, that's a podcast, that's political, 
you're singing and playing uh, music. So I don't think it's like playing with the Boston Symphony Orchestra, uh, with Vanessa Redgrave or others. But the um, so that's Joe Rogan. Let's uh, now move to uh, another um, issue. And uh, that's Georgetown University Law School. It's one of my favorite law schools. I like it very much. It's a great, great uh, law school. I was involved when I was a law clerk uh, in Washington many, many years ago in setting up the public defender's office in Washington out of Georgetown University Law School. The dean of that law school at the time was a man named Kenneth Pye, and he worked with the Judge Bazelon, the judge who I clerked for, in helping to set up the first public defenders, now become one of the best public defender agencies. In the, in the country. So I like Georgetown. I like the dean of Georgetown. He's a former student at Harvard Law School. He's an eminent scholar and a very nice man. But boy, has he made a serious mistake here. Um, he has suspended Ilya Shapiro for perfectly reasonably questioning. Maybe he used words that he shouldn't have used, but the essence of what he said was, was perfectly okay, yet he got suspended. Okay, let's assume Let's assume for a moment the dean was right, that he went too far, and he said certain things that are inconsistent with the values of Georgetown Law School. Let's compare that with a professor at Georgetown Law School. Her name is Carol Christine Fair. She is still teaching there. She has not been suspended. And here's what she said about Republican senators who supported Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court. This is a direct quote. You'll be shocked. Look at this chorus of entitled white men justifying a serial rapist's arrogated entitlement. All of them deserve miserable deaths. Miserable deaths. She's advocating killing professors and, 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 and senators and, and people like me who supported Kavanaugh's nomination. So all of them deserve miserable deaths while feminists laugh as they take their last gasp. This is from a professor. It gets worse. Bonus. This is hers. She says bonus. We castrate their corpses and feed them to swine. Yes, that's what she said. She was asked to apologize. Uh, and she said, no, uh, I'm a nasty woman posting from the front lines of fuckery. And then she goes further and she says, cunty women get shit done. I would never use words like that except to quote them directly to make the point about what he and what she said. Um, when I asked her to apologize, she said, I will not use civil words to describe mass incivility. Don't expect me to do it. It's an absurd request. I will use words that make you as uncomfortable as I am with this regime. Talking about the, the Trump uh, regime. Uh, and here's what the dean of Georgetown said in response. The views of faculty members expressed in their private capacities are their own and not the views of the university. Our policy does not prohibit speech based on the person representing ideas or the content of those ideas, even when those ideas may be difficult, controversial, or objectionable. Okay, that's fine. Why don't you say that about Ilya Shapiro? 
You can't say that about this woman fair and not say it about Ilya Shapiro. Well, you can't suspend Ilya Shapiro without saying something and doing something about the woman who expressed these absolutely miserable, miserable, unacceptable views. And, you know, it's just, I, I have a concept I call ism equity, ism equity. Whatever you do to one side, you have to do to the other side. You have to have one standard. The shoe has to fit on the other foot. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. John Rawls's philosophy that you make rules not knowing in advance whether you're going to be right, left, tall, short, male, female, black, white. You make rules that apply equally to all. I have to tell you, Georgetown Law School is not making rules that apply equally to all. I don't believe any of them should have been canceled. I think that this woman fair should be responded to on the merits. Uh, would she debate? Will she argue? Uh, why is she calling a Supreme Court justice a serial rapist? Um, what's the evidence? The evidence is very much in, in conflict. Um, why didn't she call uh, Joe Biden uh, a rapist? I don't believe the allegations against Joe Biden, but there is a woman who did say that when he was a senator, she worked in the office, and he, she put, uh, that he put his hand up her dress and, 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 and inserted his finger into her private parts, which would be rape. I don't believe it's true. But why is she calling one political party serial rapist, justice, and not saying anything? You know, equality is important. Fairness is important. Symmetry is important. Yeah, Emerson said, Emerson said that consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds. He actually said that foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of small minds, but, you know, consistency and principle are pretty important in public dialogue and public uh, discourse. So finally, let me turn to attempts to cancel me by some of the letter writers. I've gotten your letters. They're, most of them, terrific. I really, I really in, enjoy reading them, and I will respond to them, but I want to read the worst first. So this is from JR3698. You are lost. Jesus, this man, meaning me, is evil. He's got a lot of explaining to do. He was at Epstein's Island so many times, he's a pedophile child trafficker. And then he continues on the next page. This man is Epstein's buddy and has been on Pedo Island many times. Dershowitz, hope you burn in hell for all the children you raped and murdered. Your days are numbered. Now, first, the facts. My wife, my daughter, and I visited Jeffrey Epstein's island a few months after he bought it. Nobody was on the island uh, except Jeffrey Epstein and uh, people who were working there and Ghislaine Maxwell, who was then his girlfriend, uh, on the island. Then we had dinner, and he invited to dinner Professor Michael Porter, Professor Michael Porter's wife, uh, and in-laws, relatives of, of the Porter's. I don't remember on whose side they were related. We had dinner, and, and, and we left. There were no young people on the island. There was no pedo island. There was nothing. It's the only time I've ever been on the island, and I can prove that by my travel uh, uh, records. Um, and then uh, some of the... So I, that just, just falls. Um, I want Dershowitz to explain why his name is on Lolita flight logs. Now, that's my favorite. There are flight logs. And my name is on a couple of the flight logs of Jeffrey Epstein's plane. 
when I traveled to represent him on business and had other business connections. I traveled uh, with my law uh, associates. I traveled with other lawyers. Once I traveled with my nephew uh, to watch a launch of um, one of the saddle lights. But remember that my false accuser claimed she had sex with me on Jeffrey Epstein's airplane. The logs do not show, because it didn't happen, me on the same plane as um, my accuser, uh, nor did they ever show me on the plane with any underage females or anybody like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to look at the logs and explain what the logs uh, show. Um, I think the passenger manifest is a public record. Yes, it is a public record and, 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 and it should be looked at. And then here's another one from Kathleen, 2020. He won't admit to being involved with Epstein's women girls and I think he's guilty as hell. I wish people would speak the truth. I wish people would speak the truth. Uh, but I guess that would be too much of a risk of being sued and maybe even prosecuted criminally. Who's going to be prosecuted criminally for telling the truth? But I don't think he has to worry. No man who has had sexual relationships with a young girl at Epstein's Islander homes has been prosecuted. Rich perverts and pedophiles rarely get prosecuted unless they are President Trump, of course. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to read these things because... There's no truth to any of them. I'm happy to go under oath and explain them. But the one thing I won't do is censor them. If you continue to write to me, I will continue to read these things. And I will respond to them. And I will respond to other emails as well. We got a bunch of emails this time. Um, emails attacking me for uh, voting Democrat. Emails attacking me for not admitting that the 2020 election was, was rigged. Have your say. Say whatever you want. You're free. You're free to say whatever you want, and I'm free to respond in any way I want. And if you send me letters and say, look, I'd like you to read the whole thing, if it's not too long, I will read the whole thing because, again, uh, what this podcast is about is truth, dialogue, debate. Uh, but... One thing it's not about is cancellation, and uh, I regret being uh, canceled. I was canceled by the 92nd Street Y. I was canceled by Temple Emanuel. I was canceled by the Ramaz uh, High School, all of whom admitted that the charges against me were false, and they didn't uh, believe them. After all, their own lawyers have said they were false, and, and um, she herself admitted in a manuscript that she never met me. Um, and uh, the evidence is overwhelming, but, you know, go ahead, make, make the allegations. But by the 92nd Street Y canceling me and the um, Temple Emanuel canceling me, they have made it much more difficult for me to respond to Amnesty International's blood libel against the nation state of the Jewish people. Amnesty International just issued a 300-page blood libel in which they claim not only that the occupied territories, so-called occupied territories, sometimes called the West Bank, sometimes uh, called uh, Judea and Samaria, uh, uh, they, they don't argue only that those areas are apartheid, but that Tel Aviv and Jerusalem are apartheid, that the very city that has an Arab justice on the Supreme Court, five Arab members of the government, um, Muslims in every position of authority, Arabs uh, uh, receiving affirmative action from universities and teaching at universities, 
they are comparing that to South Africa, where a small minority of whites controlled millions and millions and millions of blacks, didn't allow them to vote, put them in jail for simply asserting their right to, to vote. That's not Israel. And, and, and what Amnesty International says is just an out-and-out out lie. I used to support Amnesty International. I used to contribute to Amnesty International. I used to work with Amnesty International. Today they are the enemy. They are the enemy of civil, libertarian, civil liberties. They are the enemy of human rights, and most important, they are the enemy of truth. But my voice has been stilled as the result of a cancellation by the 92nd Street Y and by Temple Emanuel and by the Ramada School. Why? Because colleges and universities, I used to speak about Israel on more colleges and universities than any other person, hundreds of them all over the world, um, don't invite me anymore. What's their excuse? Well, if Jewish organizations don't invite you, if Temple Emanuel, which used to have you every year, no longer allows you to speak, if the 92nd Street Y, which used to have you every year, doesn't allow you to speak, if you were the second most popular speaker, Jewish speaker in the, in the country, perhaps in the world, but in the country after Elie Wiesel, and now you're not being invited by these major institutions, how can we, a college, invite you? So these Jewish organizations have stilled my voice, have quieted my voice. Shame on them. I can fight back. I'm strong. Yeah, I'm 83 years old, but I still can fight back. But I want to be able to speak on campuses and in venues where my voice will be listened to and where anti-Israel attitudes are expressed by professors and by deans and by people all over the university. I want them to be able to hear a pro-Israel or a neutral point of view. Um, I've written six books on the Middle East, but um, I've been canceled. Can canceled largely as a result of what the 92nd Street Y, Temple Emanuel, and Ramah School have done. So, remember Pogo? I used to read Pogo as a kid. He was a cartoon character. He had a famous cartoon in which he said, we have seen the enemy, and he is us. And that's the way I think of some leaders of the Jewish community. Um, they have pointed to me as an enemy. And, you know, Jews in Israel have enough enemies without making it easier for our enemies to silence us. So I'm going to fight back against these uh, Jewish organizations and against any organization that cancels me. I will not be silenced. That's why I love this podcast, because I have an opportunity to express my views, and I want you to have an opportunity to express your views. So let's keep talking. No cancellations. Let's have debate and dialogue. See you next time. See you on Monday. Now, Monday is our next show. We're Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday at 5.30. But if you miss a show live, you can always see it recorded on uh, Rumble. And so keep writing me letters, and uh, see you next Monday.